Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Hello. Today we are talking about Pet Cemetery, the new 2019 version of the movie. Or, I mean, there's not a new version of the book, y'all. Bear with me here. <laughs> um, is, that, this the, is this the part you headed out? No, no, I'll leave this in. Um, this is not to say we won't bring up the book or the other movie, because I know some of us have seen the other movies, some of us have read the book. Um, and I definitely just want to note, we will be having a little bit of discussion about some of the changes from the book to the movie, just because they're pretty significant. So just to note, before we get into this episode, that spoilers for everything. Spoilers to come. Spoilers to come for everything under the sun having to do with Pet Cemetery. You've been warned. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've been warned. Here we are. <laughs> so with that in mind, uh, I want to start with an introduction question. We do have a special guest today, so we'll let him start. My dad is here, everyone. Yay! 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 You guys can call him Charlie. Is that okay? That's fine. Would you prefer Chuck? Should I call you Mr. Martin? No, and I, and I, and I still would save them from a cult. Yes, and you know, yes. you might you might remember him from saving us from a cult. So. He's the only dad we trust. Yeah. <laughs> hey, my dad um, takes great offense to that. Just kidding. He has never listened to this. Yeah, he <laughs> no idea either. what you're saying. So our intro question for today, it seemed appropriate to ask about a childhood pet of yours. So I'm going to let you start us off. Okay. Mine was a dog named Duchess. Uh, it was in Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg Mississippi. Oh, I've heard of that place. You heard of that place? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Duchess got hit by a truck. Oh, oh my God. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How got, appropriate for this discussion, but also sad in general. I know, but that was nice of Duchess to do that for us, wasn't it? Thank you, Duchess, for yeah, that we appreciate segue. It. It's okay because Duchess wasn't killed. Somehow, somehow, oh, wow. somehow she just got kind of she rolled over and... Came running out of the highway, Highway 49, right next to the University of Southern Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Holla. And 
ran back to the house. So it, what you're saying is you buried her in the pet cemetery. What I'm saying is, I don't back. know, there's some tour between <laughs> Highway 40, I don't know, it's a magical place, just ask Emily. Highway right? 49, <laughs> a magical place. I can vouch that it seems like the type of place that a person would get hit by a car. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That is for sure. Exactly. That's not familiar. I have been the car speeding down 49 before. <laughs> but it's, it's it's odd thinking about the movie. I don't want to jump ahead to the movie, but okay. um, a few years, just a year or so later, we moved to New Orleans and my parents told me that Duchess ran away, but oh, no. Duchess just kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. So... Wow. So Duchess had a tragic ending after all. Well, don't know. Or she's still out there. Or she's still out there. Right. Ghost dogging. Exactly. I mean, I think what you're saying is this movie is about your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he's our guest, because he's like, this Mm -hmm. movie was written about me. Um, Who wants to go next? (laughs) Okay. So my parents would not let me have a dog when I was a kid. So we compromised on a hamster. It's the closest and thing to a dog. <laughs> I tried to walk it on a leash. So <laughs> on what I'm assuming was probably hot concrete. I'm terrible, but I didn't know. What did you like just tie a string around That's its correct. neck? I did. What kind of leash yeah, did you it's just some string. Some just standard issue string. <laughs> okay. Um and if you've ever held a hamster, they're really like they can squeeze into and out of very small spaces. Um so, so you had to tie it, it tight. work. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyway, his name was Chris. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love a people name. (laughs) Good old Chris, the hamster. (laughs) Well, I got him for Christmas. Uh, Better than calling him Christ, right? I don't know. So, call him Must. So he was like a like an orange colored little hamster, and my brother had a hamster that we called Furball. Um, and he looked like Church the Cat, but shrunk to a hamster, like that really matted fur. Anyway, Chris bit a chunk out of Furball's ear, so he always had a little bite mark in his ear. Oh, no. All right, so here's what Chris did that you need to know about. (laughs) I lived in, like, a one-story, like, ranch-style house. Um, Our bedrooms were at one far end of it, and the den was at the other far end, and that's where the hamster cage was. Because at night, you know, they run around and keep you awake, so you have to have them far away. Well, Chris used to shove his little, um, like, toy stairs under this wheel so it would not move, climb up the wheel, push the lid off, walk all the way to my parents' bedroom, and bite my <laughs> this dad. <is> smart, <laughs> smart hamster. Yeah. So one time Furball came with him and my mom woke up and she, it was on her <laughs> they chest. They were like a gang. On her chest, oh okay? Gosh, this, this is, is a insane. real thing that happened twice. So she said she felt something and she thought it was one of us trying to wake her up. And she looks around. No one's there. So finally she like notices something's on her chest. She pulls the covers down and he's just sitting there staring at her. And she thought it was a frog in the dark. Makes no sense. Screamed, Frog! Anyway, it was furball. Crazy little guy. So. Uh, My mom (laughs) hates rodents. If that had happened to her, she would have flipped. (laughs) Oh. um, Chris did it once, and my dad, like, found him in, like, the hallway right outside his bedroom. And when he went to pick him up, Chris just bit the shit out of his finger, and he had to go get a tetanus shot the next day. And then he started taping the lid closed at night. Good. 
Yeah, that's yeah. smart. So, like, I think Chris could be an undead. Uh, yeah. Hamster? Definitely like, I'm not sure what happened. Possessed. Yeah. Um, they are, of course, both dead now, as hamster lifespans are very short. They have a fast metabolism. Just metabolism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really fast metabolism. So, sorry if that was, like, too long of a story, but I felt like people... Need I'm going to gonna cut that whole thing out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, except for this, sitting on the chest. And, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mary, I feel like you were about to tell a story. Yeah. I. So I was going to tell you guys about Lulu, the chihuahua we had when I was very young. And she was super dumb. But she was just dumb and sweet. The true sort of like possessed animal... Oh, I didn't know we what had it as possessed animals. Well, I feel like we're on a theme now. Oh, okay, well, yeah. I don't have one. I didn't follow <laughs> up Susan. All my animals it. were good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my parents had this dog named Jojo before I was born. Also a chihuahua. My parents have a thing for chihuahuas. I don't understand. And for, like, single repeating names. Yeah. Lulu, Jojo. <laughs> yeah, we had Jojo, Lulu, Peewee. Oh, no, Peewee's breaking Pee-wee. the... Um, Should have been wee wee or pee pee. <laughs> Both unacceptable. <But laughs> Jojo was very old when I was a kid and very mean. And you could go into the complete opposite end of the house and just whisper, Jojo. <laughs> and she would run in just like barking and ready to bite. Wow. Insane. And my dad thought it was hilarious, and I was scared to death. It's not. It's terrifying. It's very scary. And she used to bite me all the time, but she didn't really have teeth. I feel like I should talk about Toby. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Should I talk about about Toby? Should I talk about Toby? Yeah. I I was going to talk about my sweet cats, but, you know, like, maybe we should talk about Toby. And, you know, you'll know more about Toby than me, Dad, because I was very small. But I was terrified of dogs for a really long time because of Toby, actually – because Toby was my mom's dog. Not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he was mean and he would bite and, like. What kind of dog? What, what kind of dog was Lassa he? Opsa. There you go. See, I What is remember. that? Or, or, or as uh, Emily's grandfather called him, a lopsided Appaloosa. There you go. <laughs> but, yeah, he, was he always that mean? They, they were Chinese guard dogs. Well, he in, guarded in, against in, me. In, in the temples. Yeah, he would let people come into a room, but you couldn't leave. He would act he, <laughs> oh he would act. he would act all nice and friendly, and then you would come in and sit down, and as soon as you got up, he would bite you. Yep. So, I was terrified of dogs for a really long time, until, like, eventually we got our own dog, and I got over that, but... Yeah, Toby was my first experience with the dog, and it was not a good experience. Bit your face. No. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-mm. Not wow. into it. Especially yeah, when you're a kid, every dog seems scary. Yeah. Well, it's then like the, barking it, Emily's it. mom had to make a decision between the dog and Emily. Yeah. Yeah. Toby died a natural death at home. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't. <laughs> I was about to ask how he met his end. Yeah. 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 Old age. Old age. And meanness. Grumpy old age. Yeah. Uh, Kelly. Yeah. There was so, a fast track. <laughs> I wish – it's funny that we're all talking about dogs when the movie – in or the d- animal in this movie is a cat, but uh, – I just I have nothing but peaceful relationships with my cats, so. Yeah. I didn't have a cat growing up. Penelope's my first cat. But um, I had a dog. Uh, her name was Coco. That's spelled K-O-K-O-A. <laughs> mm-hmm, um, that's my mom's choice. 
of a name. Coco Kardashian. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> well, my whole family is K names, so mm-hmm. this was just another one on top of all the K names. Because mm-hmm. Kelly's um, secretly a Kardashian, we've learned. Yes. Or a cat. Yeah. Spelt with a K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was an Australian Shepherd, and she was super cute, and my dad and brother went to pick her up as a puppy, like, a little bit before I was born. Like, my mom was pregnant with me, and they were like, can we get a puppy? And she was like, no. And then they went out and got a puppy and brought it home, and she was That's like... That's a horrible time to get a puppy. I know! <laughs> I blame my dad for this completely. But anyway, so, like, we kind of grew up together. Like, she was a puppy when I was a baby, and you guys were yeah, like, like twins. Yes. <laughs> she was great. I loved her. But then when my parents got divorced when I was like nine, so she was Coco was like nine. Um, <laughs> my dad kept her and then I moved back to Florida. So that was the last time that I lived with her. And then my dad, when he like moved from Tennessee to Maryland, he ended up like giving her to her pet sitter. Because she, he was, like, at work all day, every day, and the pet sitter was, like, with her all the time anyway. And then he was moving, and he was, like, would you want to keep her? Because I'm not going to be able to, like, give her a good life. And the pet sitter was, like, yes, I love her. So she kept her. Um, but, and I don't think she lived very much longer after that anyway. Maybe, like, a year or two because she was already kind of old. But The pet sitter? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I guess yeah. No, Coco. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's Coco. Um, so R.I.P. All those pets. Yeah, they're R.I.P. Every pet, <laughs> except for Toby. I hope you're burning in hell. <laughs> yeah, Jojo too. Like, Damn, rest in flames, Toby. Yeah. Do you think there's a hell for pets? <laughs> yes. Your mother is going to listen know. to this. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, I, I don't think that that would surprise her to hear <laughs> no. that I don't like Toby. Um. <laughs> So we're talking about all of this again because we're talking about Pet Cemetery. So here's a quick little summary of Pet Cemetery. Ahem, get ready. I always mess these up. <laughs> I mean, I just do. Dr. Lewis Creed and his wife, Rachel, relocate from Boston to rural Maine with their two young children. The couple soon discover a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their new home. When tragedy strikes, Lewis turns to his neighbor, Judd Crandall, setting off a perilous chain reaction that unleashes an unspeakable evil with horrific consequences. Yeah, that sounds accurate. I mean, first of all, don't move to Maine. Yeah. <laughs> if we've learned nothing from Stephen King, I mean, you don't move them. That's where all the things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. There was a, did you see the Dairy Maine? Side yeah, I did. did. <laughs> and I was like, what up, Dairy? Cute. <laughs> don't go there either. <laughs> it's also bad. <laughs> Um, but first of all, this is just a quick comment for those of you guys who did see the 1989 movie. It was 1989? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how did they get the same kid to play Gage in this movie that they did in that movie? Because, like, those kids looked exactly <laughs> the same. Like, what is the sorcery? They really did. I was wondering if it was, like, a CG It was bizarre. Where they were like, <laughs> did no, you no, notice but, that? No, what I noticed exactly is it was actually the same kid that was in uh, Close Encounters. Oh, was it? I still yeah, haven't went, seen that went to the movie. door and... Oh, I yeah. gotta see oh, yeah. same, I know you love that same movie. Same kid. And so that was... It was insane. It was weird. Yeah. That's an 80s. Maybe there are a lot of blonde, white... Wide-eyed <laughs> little white children. Yeah. You mean there's more than one blonde, white little boy? And this baby mm-hmm. was played by twin babies. 
So yeah, I mean, there could be six of these kids running around. I mean, I think it's if, if they're all played by twins and they're all yeah. ageless. They're yeah. ageless. Um, it was very weird. I think they okay. Hot take from a time that I shot a commercial with a cat. Um, <laughs> this cat had a sister cat there with it as its backup cat <laughs> for when it for when it wasn't acting right. Oh, they had five. Yeah, cats. so I assume there's more than one cat, but this is also probably why there's more than one small child. There were five. Mm-hmm. Those little yeah. guys are unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah, there were t- these were twins, so they were played by Hugo and Lucas Lavoie. Hugo, interesting yeah. name for a small child. It'll make more well, sense later. All Hugos were small children at one point. I know. Yeah, it's I know. Weird. But it seems like no, they were all fifty-eight <laughs> when they came. Back. There are laws and stuff like you can't have a child. Yeah. Act for In Hugo. <laughs> In the role of Hugo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Kelly, you saw this movie. Well, you saw a premiere of this movie in New York, and some of the actors were there. I'm guessing Hugo and Lucas were not there. Uh, they were not there. No. They were probably off in their, like, mummified case until they're needed to be yeah. in the next Pet <laughs> yeah. Cemetery movie. Yeah. Yeah. However, They'll be reanimated at that time. The people that yeah. were there were... So, the two directors were there. The... um. Husband, like, Lewis and Rachel were there, and Ellie was there, mm-hmm. and one of Most the cats was there. I don't know which Most church. Most importantly, church was church there. Church was there, and he was very cute, and he was wearing a tie <laughs> for his premiere. <laughs> really cute. And they a brought him up before the movie, and he was so cute. And they gave oh him a gosh. little treat. Was it a bow tie or a necktie? A necktie. That's wow. actually cuter for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it goes a picture. It's harder to pull off. Yeah, it's harder to pull off a good necktie as a cat. Yeah. And when they brought him up on stage, they were like, oh no, the necktie's crooked. And they were all like trying to fix it. (laughs) But he was a very chill cat. I read that they had, and I think this is probably common for a lot of cats in movies, that they had like five different cats and each cat was for a specific personality. Yeah. Yeah, So like they had one that would do all the hissing, they had Mm -hmm. one that would do the jumping. They had one that would do the growling. Like, they had one for each jumping. action cat I'm, thing. I'm just curious about the tie. What was- <laughs> Let's go back to the tie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was was the tie and, and the length of the tie, was it a pre-Trump length tie or a post-Trump length <laughs> tie? I mean, it's, it seemed it proportional to the cat. So, so I would say pre. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, fairly short, like attached to its little neck scruff. I don't know if it was... It must have had, like, an elastic around it or something. Okay, gotcha. So cute. Yeah. That's amazing. It was really cute. Um, So, yeah, I have some insight for a thing, like, uh, questions that the answers... That the answers? Questions that the actors answered after (laughs) the movie. Mm. I'll leave all that in, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um, So... Let's just now that we've gotten the important question out of the way, let's get into some like lesser questions. Number one, what is this movie about? So uh, you know, like we can talk about what the book's doing, what the other version's doing, but for right now, let's let's focus on like what is this movie trying to say? Um, and we've talked before about how horror movies have a way of talking about grief and death. I feel like we talked about this a lot with our hereditary blog post. Shameless plug: go read our hereditary blog post. Um, but like clearly, this movie is about death. But like, what is it trying to say about death? Um, well, sometimes dead is better. 
<laughs> did he even say that in this movie? He did. He yes, did. Yes, yeah, that was very outfit, though, unfortunately. He didn't have the accent. That's I don't, one of my main I, complaints. I don't understand still Judd why that man Judd. had a really southern accent from Maine. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing movie. here? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm from here. Yeah, I've lived in this house my whole life. I sound like I'm in South Georgia. I feel yeah. like John Lithgow was just like, this is what I'm doing. This is my interpretation of the character. And they were like, okay. Um, <laughs> Let him Lithgow. do this. He's the only reason you're people j- bought tickets. So <laughs> You're John Lithgow. 100%. <laughs> That's the only reason I went to this movie was to see John Lithgow. Yeah. And nah. might I say, what a waste of John Lithgow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just um, yeah. what a waste of that entire character, really. But um, <laughs> let me – okay. So I think – you know, the book is – I feel like the book is a little bit more about grief than the movie. I feel like yes. the movie's focus on death is a little bit more about, like, ability or inability to accept death in general as a thing. So I think there's kind of this part where, you know, Ellie is asking about what happens if Church, the cat, dies. Like, you know, why do why do pe- pets die faster than people? And, of course, the metabolism comment comes up. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, she asks, or I guess maybe Rachel says that pets go to heaven or something, and then Lewis is like, well, that might not be true. And then later they're talking about it, and Rachel's like, you really believe that there's nothing at all after this, and people just die? And he's like, yep. And then he ends up being the person who cannot accept that his child has died like he's like no this isn't happening and i'm gonna reverse it Mm -hmm. um so i think like that was kind of what we were supposed to be taking away from it and also the fact that like rachel is the one who is so afraid of death the whole time because of what happened to her sister and then at the end rachel is the one who is like i don't like i'm ready to die like i'm not scared you know don't bury me (laughs) in that cemetery (laughs) Um, etc. So it's kind of like a reversal of these two different people's ideas of death, I guess. Which I I saw this movie with Ben, with Emily's husband Ben, because I was very scared to go see it. And uh Emily was out of town, and so Ben said he would go with me. (laughs) And yeah, because Todd wouldn't go. Also, this movie <laughs> was looked like, really luck. scary, but was not scary at all. No, can mm-hmm. I just say that? <laughs> yeah, but like in the middle of the movie, or like in the movie when Rachel says, "Oh, pets go to heaven," and Lewis says, "Well, I don't know if we want to tell her that." Ben was like, "Aren't they married?" Yeah. Did this never come yeah. up? Yeah. Yes. Before. Yeah, they yes. just had to talk about what they think happens after. And also, like, it seems it like something you want to discuss as parents before you, like, start yes. raising your child is, like, what do we want to tell? I don't know. Maybe Let's you can talk about that more as a dad. Yeah. You're no, the only just, parent uh, here. Tell us. Well, the, <laughs> the, the parent thing, forget about that. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody that I dated more than uh, a month or so that we that conversation didn't come up. I think Ben's yeah. absolutely right. I mean, yeah. that's just normal yeah. conversation yeah uh, uh i don't know em- emily had a a strange religious uh upbringing and so questions like this were kind of difficult we used to take her to sunday school and drop her off so that her mother and i could go to uh breakfast on sundays 
without the kids. <laughs> Honestly, great. So you're babies. like free daycare. <laughs> yeah, it was our, it was, that was our free daycare. So hopefully, we, I, I think in answer to your question, we were hoping they would pick it up there and we wouldn't have to talk about it. <laughs> Did that work? Thank you. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm so religious now, as yeah. you know. <laughs> but yeah. no, it, it was just like a lot of things in the movies. Uh, comp- things would just pop in like they felt like they had to include them because they were in the book or were in the first version of the movie and they didn't bother to set things up. They just thought they could drop things in and it would all be all right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and you I were, think that was one of them. Yeah. And you were talking to, cause we talked about this movie a little bit yesterday about how you felt like the book was dealing more with grief. Oh yeah. Than a lot the more, movie, which yeah. made it better. Yeah. The yeah book, oh, obviously sure. the book is way better. Yeah. Um, sure. Because, like I think Kelly said, you know this this was not a scary movie. No, and I've I've read some reviews since seeing the movie, uh, and some people think it was really scary. Uh, yeah. Other than a, a couple of jump out things, it was not. You know, mm-hmm. supernatural scary is 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 what's scary for me. Yeah, and which is it, why this should it, have been scary, right? And Stephen King does such a good job of setting all of that up. And these guys just didn't invest in, in in setting those things up. They made it more of a of a jump out, you know, horror yeah. movie. No, they never just phoned it in because they were like, yeah, it was this just exists. jumping from <laughs> major event to major event without any yeah. real. And then, I, like the thing that was the most. Like, afterwards, I, I saw it with my boyfriend, and he was like, the entire scene, like they went from her her dying to her funeral to the family going away in the span of like three minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there is no processing at all. Like she was dead for maybe 10 minutes of the movie. Right. And then she's back. So and I mean, in the listening to the book, cause oh, the I think was wrenching. Yeah. I think, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So, so Kelly, my dad and I, we all listened to the book recently, like the audio book, <laughs> like 45 minutes before the movie. Yeah. Like 45 yeah. minutes. Um, but <laughs> you know, like in the book, like I was listening yeah. to the book and that, like I cried during that part. It was very, like, it was very sad. It felt very real. Like at that point, the, this is crazy, mind blowing, but like there was character development, so I actually mm-hmm. like cared about the fact that this child had died. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the and the way that the the mother reacted to, uh, in the book, her son's death yeah. was consistent with the way she was dealing with her sister's death, and it all built on each other, which yes. wasn't the case. No. Right. Um, yeah. And I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Eventually, also. Yeah, sorry. No, no. I'm okay. just saying, like, I definitely do want to come back, like, because. The, the the differences between, like, the mom and the sister's relationship in the movie, like, really bothered me. Um, but, yeah. It's, I do think that this movie, I haven't read the book or seen the 80s adaptation, um, but I know they have to be so much better than this. I mean, the movie. Because this movie was not great. The 80s adaptation isn't much better than this movie i don't I think, think it I, is, I remember it being better than this though and it's just but it's, the, i actually the, i haven't seen it in, since the mid 90s yeah. though yeah but, it was hell were you when you saw it yeah, yeah. but yeah I, remember, I saw it when i, I was a kid really and i was scared. terrified i was very scared of that movie yeah i remember being i really saw scared. it for the first time like a year ago and it's not scary i can assure you well, I'm, sure <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't hold up um, 
It's actually very funny. Here's what makes me sad about... (laughs) Okay, so there are... There are a lot of Stephen King film adaptations. And I always see them because I love Stephen King and I'm excited to see these. Unfortunately, a lot of them were adapted circa 1989, like this one. (laughs) And like, if you watch it now, it's like, oh man, I wish they would do this now with like the types of special effects we could use here. Like it great time to redo that i don't know what we got out of doing this This remake like i don't feel like this added anything to the previous film well they could have add anything to your experience (laughs) of the book either um i mean they could have yeah right like not only with the special effects but with like, by making this more of a meditation on grief, mm-hmm. like the book seems mm-hmm. to be, yes. I think that that is scarier. Like, I remember, and it's, I mean, it's easy to compare this to Hereditary, because they're both about a tragic, shocking mm-hmm. death, right? Yes. And with Hereditary, I was horrified for the entire film. My dad still has to see Hereditary, by the way. Mm-mm. No, yeah, no, I'm not going to so spoil good. it, That's but so good. it's, it is a horrifying film, even though the true spooky stuff doesn't ramp up until the end, yeah. because you're seeing, like, all of this processing of grief, and it's painful mm-hmm. to watch, and it feels really raw and real, and... I mean, like you guys said, in this, the child is dead for, like, ten minutes, mm-hmm. And it's a weird, uh... I think, like, and it's, like, it's not even scary when she comes back to life because it's, like, oh, yeah, she was, I, like, I hardly even registered that yeah. she was dead, so... Right. Or even, like, yeah. I didn't know her. Uh, yeah, that, too. Oh, God. And there's so, so little, like, there's so little surprise from him or, like, like shock on his part about... Like, A, what he is actually going to do. Like, he doesn't seem to even think about it. He's just like, yep, I'm going to do this. Like, then also, like, even the fact, like, when when Church comes back in the first place, he's like, what? How did this happen? And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, this is a thing now, and I'm just going to... It was like, he he just, like, bought into it like, so huh, quickly. Weird. And just mm-hmm. was like, yeah. He didn't seem horrified, really, at all. <laughs> it was just like... Stuff? Uh, well, sorry. yeah, I'm at... Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, you know, I'm just having a hard time not talking about the yeah. book with some, you know, with some. Yeah, of no, these that's things. okay. You can because, bring it up. Because you know, because you know, in the book, they invested a lot of time. Uh, you know, he invested a lot of words into you know the relationship between Lewis and Judd mm-hmm. and uh, the whole uh, you know history of the pet cemetery and the second pet cemetery. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, um, Lewis being doubtful, you know, in the beginning and slowly being, you know, sucked into it and the whole thing about the place itself having power, you didn't get any of that. No. And uh, I, like. Except through exposition, you know, in in the movie rather than. We kind of talked about this yesterday, but like, to me, one of the scariest parts in the book is a flashback scene because they're talking about the history of the pet cemetery and the history of it bringing people back. And Judd talks about how there was this guy who buried his son there after he died in the war. 
and like people started seeing him just like walking up and down the street and it was like to me that part was terrifying mm-hmm. and like what a cool thing that would have not I don't know cool but like what a like <laughs> scary thing that would have been to see and like you only it they do bring it up in the movie if you know what you're looking for like when he's yeah. googling about it's it like a newspaper clipping. Clipping. Yeah. yeah yeah you yeah. see it really briefly like seriously like a missed opportunity and this movie adds so many like quote-unquote scary things that aren't really scary that don't happen in the book mm-hmm. and like leaves out a lot of the things that were like truly terrifying about the book yeah I feel like. it doesn't it doesn't give us enough of a ramp up to the part where the child actually comes back yeah because like this you know that part is a lot shorter in the book mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the book and the book you know you is very yeah like long it's not as long as some of his books but it's definitely but it's like a stephen king book it's a I novella still... compared to some of his books yeah, like, yeah. Say that but like, it's still like a twelve hours of listening. Fifteen. 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 Fourteen. No, but I was okay. no, I was noticing minutes. the same thing. You know, I was twelve hours into the book, and we hadn't got to. Yeah. We hadn't gotten to the death and and, and uh, reanimation part yet. Yeah. Yeah. And there was just. But that makes it work in a way. Like yes, in, it does. It does. Yeah. So I think like it got it jumped to that part so quickly and everything we saw up until that in the movie was just like we got to set up for this thing mm-hmm. and not worrying about developing the characters at all, not worrying about definitely not worrying about developing Lewis at all, at all. Like and I he do is not talk about Lewis as a character. Yeah. We can like yeah. lead into that for yeah, yeah. but Go ahead. he you know does not seem to have and I don't blame the actor for this at all. Like he has mm-hmm. I do. so <laughs> really little. I blame him a little. I blame. I thought he was he awful. Was so bad. Well, really? his accent bad. is his accent is not good. He's Australian, and the second he said five words, I was like, he's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> like you can tell specific. He, you, it's not even like he's not American. It's like I can hear his specific Australian accent. Well, um, I don't think he's bad in everything. I don't think he's like a bad actor all the time. I think he was really bad in this. Oh, I didn't have a he problem with him. Like, but. he didn't open his mouth that much when he talked? <laughs> I think it's because he was Australian. trying. Maybe that's an Australian yeah. thing because Heath Ledger, remember, he used to do that. that but he was good. But he also that didn't acting. open his mouth. I'm just saying. It was weird. I just, like, mid-movie, I leaned over and was like, Ben, why is he not opening up his mouth? Is something wrong with him? And Ben was like, What? I think he was just trying to like not do his accent. <laughs> like yeah. honestly, he's he was like maybe really struggling. if I don't open, maybe Americans just don't open their mouths. Maybe that's I would what. rather him just do the accent, yeah. right? Just like come up with make some reason why he's Australian. I mean, if if Judd can be from Georgia, then why can't Lewis be from yeah. Australia? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, let's talk about Lewis because first of all, and I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, I keep talking about it. We've just been talking about this a lot. In our private chat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lewis, in the book especially, I hate him. He's awful. He's awful. He's awful. And um, I think, and I mentioned this again yesterday, but sorry, people in the podcast didn't hear this, so you're going to have to hear it again. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of that is intentional because he's a doctor and so much of the decisions he makes throughout the book are him just being like, I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to save lives. I'm supposed to make decisions without consulting anybody else. Just make the decision. Just do it. Um, like 
doesn't really matter like what the consequences are. The bottom line is like, I'm here to like save lives. And that's like what I like. He's his, he is used to playing God. And that sort of like Mm -hmm. transfers over to like how he acts in his family. Um, In the book, his family is away on vacation when church dies. Um, And basic, like none of them even know that church, like the mom has no idea. Rachel has no idea that church died. Um, so they come back and he's just like, we're good here. Nothing happened. You know, why does the cat smell bad? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. That's crazy. Well, Um, and and, and he's, he's, he's rationalizing what happened to him. He didn't take him up there to bury him, to bring him back to life. Yeah. He was right. just. He didn't he was, know. No, he didn't know, and and he, he was, was like, trying, "I'm well, not a vet. I'm a doctor, so maybe he, he was maybe alive he was the whole time." Just knocked out yeah. and came back, and yeah. you know, yeah. da, 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 da. Um. So That's I mean, a pretty major difference. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know that that was kind of my read on it, especially from reading the book. That like his position yeah, as a doctor yeah. really affected the decisions he made, the way that he works within his family, the way that he um, thinks about death. Um. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people who just saw the movie had that same reaction to him. I know that, you know, we were talking about how, like, it's barely mentioned in the movie that he's a doctor at all. So I don't know. But to me, like, that's such a significant part of his character and a significant part of, like... Well, the way he processed Pascal, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Was was more, you know, in in the context of him being a doctor. Right. As he worked through that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think... A lot of it is, like, that he also, as a doctor, is someone who experiences death on such a regular basis. So he has this different, you know, idea about death. And then it's mm-hmm. kind of a, like, when it happens to you situation. Yeah. And it, they even mention that in the book. I don't remember exactly what is said. But he basically, you know, he talks about the fact that, like, he sees death all the time. He feels like he's desensitized to it. But then on the other hand, it's like, oh, that happens to other people. That doesn't happen to me. Right. And then when it happens to him, he realizes, like, he's not as emotionally removed from it as maybe he thought he was just from his profession. Yeah. yeah so I thought the, mo- the movie ended up being a more of a... Uh, I'm the dad. My role as the dad is to fix things. Yeah, yeah. and I, I wanted and to it, ask you as a dad how you felt about his his dadding well, I, I in think the movie. Is this a good dadding or his dadding? His yeah. dadding. Yeah. You, dadding. I want a dad. Give him some notes on his dad ability. We need a dad well, rating. I, well, yeah. I don't ask know. a dad. That, yeah, ask a dad. Oh goodness! A new segment. Yes. <laughs> well. He, he I, I was annoyed that he was always right, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he was. It, it, this is more in the movie than in yeah. the book, you know. But it, in in the movie, he he was just right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the time, and uh, um, that was something as a dad I've always known that isn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> That's because because I was always right. You, you were always there to make, fix things for me, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> But, you know, just the whole, uh, his relationship with his wife and the things they talked about and didn't talk about, and uh, th- this was a carryover from the book again, uh, um, you know, the, and obviously his his wife's, uh, you know, uh, Rachel's uh, parents were t- 
total assholes in the uh, oh yeah in, they like in, in get the book. they get into a big fight at the funeral and Knock the dad the like knocks and, over the kid's casket, casket oh, yeah. and and also not not Lewis but face. Rachel's dad yeah, yeah. Okay. but but even what I was going to say is even given all that I think they may have had a point when they were talking about them being upset with the way that. Uh, that Lewis had turned her into just a house frau. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was so promising and so smart and had so much going for her. And now, you know, this is what she's doing. Yeah. And it may very well have been her choice. This is what she wanted to do, and it's all perfectly fine. But I wondered about that. Yeah. No, I agree. See, we don't get any of that in well, the movie. She does, no. She does call herself like so much your stay-at-home wifey, and I was like, exactly, in the exactly. Place. And but. see, yeah, and see that that was yeah that was one of those things again where they would drop a line in the movie, but you know, having read the book, you knew where it was yeah, coming from. Yeah, I was unsure like it was, it was what just, the point of that was, and now that you're saying this, I haven't read the book, so now that you're saying this about um, like her parents saying that about him and what he's turned her into it's clear that that's probably why they added that really shitty yeah line. you don't know you don't yeah and you don't know and you don't know whether there was more of that in the movie and when it came to editing they took it out or yeah. you don't know but that that was how it ended up so i wasn't real crazy about him as a husband or a father oh he's a terrible oh. husband yeah. Yeah. terrible like she's calling him you know the day after like her child's funeral needing him and he's like ignore no My thanks part is when she finally <laughs> gets a hold of him he's like i'm real tuckered out yeah, i've had a long yeah, day right. yeah, a long yeah day. i'm real tired she's like i like we need you here uh, well i'm pretty sleepy. <laughs> i'm just i'm just pooped like, i'm yeah i'm just beat i just can't can't do it G getting back to the grief and death thing uh, in Lewis, um, one of the things that I thought was really poignant in the, in the book was, uh, you know, some of his friends expecting him to, um, you need to take care of Rachel in, in the book. If, you know, Ellie was the one that was still alive. They need you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, you know, to me, it really hit home, uh, that, you know, it was, this is one case I didn't think he was a jerk <laughs> because, <laughs> because he was having to deal with his own grief and manage that and handle that uh, uh, before he could get to a, a place where he could really help his wife and help his yeah. daughter. I thought there's this scene, and I'm sorry we keep talking about the book. There's just so no, much happening. No, it's giving me more context. Yeah. There's oh. so much happening in the book that, like, like, I swear the story is good somewhere deep inside of it. And, like, I think a lot of that, you know, we have to go back to the book and see, like, what the purpose of the story is like to really get what this is supposed to be about. Um, and there's a scene in the book that I think this is when I cried when, uh, Lewis is having this dream about his son. Oh yeah. Um, and imagines him growing up Oh yeah. yeah. and, you know, becoming like good at swimming and like just imagining this entire life for him and thinking like the person that he could have been. And that just like, really hit me i was like i yeah. that felt very real you know and it was real to him when he was doing it yeah you know? yeah yeah the way the chapter is presented is he's like he all of the funeral and stuff has already happened and then the chapter starts and it's like 
But none of that actually happened because yeah. what really happened was that he grabbed him at the last minute and mm-hmm. pulled him back. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. And then he, like, describes in detail, like, as if it's actually happening, not like this yeah. could but this is happening, and then right. you get to the end, and you realize it's a dream. Well, I guess, like, I knew the whole time it was a dream, right. but there was part of me, even, that was, mm-hmm. like, maybe <laughs> it's not, and... Yeah, because, I mean, like, that's what happens when you're grieving, is you do have those moments where you're, like, maybe this isn't true, you know? Because yeah. it's just, like, so hard to grasp that reality, you know? Um, so, I don't know, that just, that felt very mm-hmm. real, and it's just, like, I don't know, it's just things like that, where it's, like, those are the moments where you're like, okay, he's not an asshole. Like, he seems like a real person that I can relate to, but he didn't have know. any of those. Then, 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 then the other Lewis comes back. Yeah. yeah. Then, then he does something like, okay, well, I'm just going to bury, cause like maybe he'll just be a little retarded. It's fine. Like he does say that in the book. Like, yeah, would you rather him <laughs> no son or a retarded son? Yeah. He, yeah like, he literally asks Rachel, he's like, remember when we thought Gage had like a brain issue and he might end up being retarded? Like, would you have been okay with that? Yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. obviously like, I cool. would. <laughs> I'm going to bury him in this pet He's cemetery. He's like, would you then. still love him? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, the movie does none of that work to show us that he's A, not an asshole. B, yeah. actually dealing with grief. Yeah. In any extended way. <laughs> oh, no. I still like, at the end of the book, I still think he's an asshole. Yeah, he's still an asshole. Like, just, like, the sum total of yeah. him is still, like... But, like, I mean, just... Yeah. Just, if you hadn't read the book, like me, and you just saw this movie... There's nothing there. There's... Yeah, and there's almost no relationship between Lewis and Rachel, which I assume is much more important. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. In the book. They also just... The two actors, um, there's, like... Not a lot of chemistry. <laughs> you know that scene where they start to make out a little bit? I said, oh, God, <laughs> they have no chemistry. Oh, they, they, yeah, yeah. They, they did in the book. My fiancé was like... Yeah, there's a lot <laughs> of sex in the book also. That true Stephen King fashion. Yeah, there's a big that. emphasis on Rachel, like, constantly being like, let me do things to you to make up for your hard day. And then she's like, let mm. me give you a bubble bath. It's like long segments. And I was like, is this necessary? I mean, to <laughs> Stephen King, the person who wrote a seven-page child sex scene yes it is necessary child orgy (laughs) well they okay so they look um i mean i'm talking this is like 50 shades of gray level no chemistry um they look like they met that day on set and he made a comment about her ass or something and she was like this guy's a fucking creep and then they had to still make out for a little bit like and then this is (laughs) compounded by the fact that like we just, you know, they had this conversation about death that seems like people who know each other should have already had in any capacity would have had at some point. Mm-hmm. So they also seem like they just met yeah. in that way, which is weird. But yeah, I um I did not enjoy them. Yeah, as a couple, and I don't know if that's the I think it's the script. Fault, it's I like think the it's the script for sure. Fault. It's everyone's fault. But yeah, it all came together in a way where it was not. Um, they just like were not believable or yeah. like even really that sympathetic as a couple. I would pla- place the main blame for this movie on the script personally. It's really because bad. 
It's bad. It's not only, you know, not... It's so lazy. That is a very lazy script. It's lazy. It's not well-constructed. And also the dialogue is bad. Like, there are a couple of lines that are, like, from the book, but a lot of the dialogue is just, like, cheesy as hell. (laughs) Just, like... It's very cheesy. Right. Yeah. There's... There's hardly any, there's hardly any dialogue that's straight from the book. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he didn't even say sometimes dead is better until the end, and I didn't even remember that. Yeah. And that's a pretty important. Yeah. He he says it as like an offhanded thing. Where in the book the that's that sentence holds a lot of weight, and he says it after kind of like telling a story yes. and explaining to Lewis why he took him to this pet cemetery where in the movie he's like i realized that sometimes dead is better oops i shouldn't have taken you there in the book he's like uh the you know if anything you can take from this Mm -hmm. is that like ellie can learn that Mm -hmm. sometimes dead is better you know and that's a way different message i think yeah no that this was another thing they threw in because they had to yeah for sure because it's the tagline for the movie now it's like on the posters and i think it's it is a good you know tagline and a good summation of like part of what this story is trying to say yeah but they didn't use it no that way (laughs) so i know we've been talking a lot i know we've been talking a lot about book movie differences but (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's one major one that i think we really need to talk about um in the book it's gage who dies and in the first movie, in the original adaptation, it's Gaze Who Dies, not Ellie. So why do you think this change was made? And I want to talk about, before we talk about what was lost from this change, what I think would be more interesting is, like, what can we argue would have been, is gained by this change? Like, what do you think the argument was for, like, making Ellie the one who dies? Because, like... Which do you want to do first? Well, let's talk about what, what we think is gained, and then we can just like let the flow of everything that's lost happen next. Because yeah. I, I think can say yeah. what I think they were trying to gain. With okay, it. I don't think it like was very effective necessarily. Two things. Okay, I think one is honestly just to say we did something mm-hmm. different, and we're going to surprise you because everyone knows Gage is going to get hit by a truck. Even like the, that's even, like e- the most awful scene from the first one, right? Yeah. Even though they put it in the trailer. Yeah, so... I forgot that, so I was so surprised. I honestly think it was just like, ooh, like, look at this clever switcheroo. Like, you thought you knew Pet Cemetery, but you don't. Unless you saw the trailer. I did. Maybe you guys did. The other thing is, I wondered if it was so they could make the reanimated child be, like, more Mm -hmm. powerful and aware because she's older. But... Because it's, I mean, it's more believable for a child of her size <laughs> to do some of the things she's doing than it is for, like, a tiny little yeah. baby. Except um, except, except, you've seen the Chucky movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I will say, as as a positive, that... Chucky being in this movie would have made it better. <laughs> that the original film, where they do have Gage as the one who becomes reanimated, it looks real silly. Like... It does look It's silly. really silly. Yeah. And it does now. When I saw it as a kid, I was like, "This is scary. it's uh, it's yeah. hilarious." To be quite honest, and <laughs> well, I yeah, I don't know how it looked in the in the eighty nine movie, but in in the book, 
Gwyneth's gauge coming back. And, it's and pretty creepy. It's creepy, but I'm still having a hard time picturing yeah. how he doesn't mm. just pick up this little thing and throw him away. Yeah. 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 But I think, like, one of the things that we mentioned, and maybe we can talk about what was gained or what was that lost. That would have been now. awesome. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> put him a big trash bag. I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to. That reminded me of this tweet I saw about the Chucky movies the other day, and I have to find it now. Like, it's, I have to. Well, while you're finding um. it, um, I will say that after the movie, uh, one of the questions that the you know moderator asked during the Q&A of the directors was why that choice was made. And they first were like, well, that choice was made before we were brought onto this project, so we're, we can't take credit for that. Like, they had already decided that was how it was going to go. And then they brought us on. So, like, my feeling is kind of that I think the directors did what they could, but I I don't blame them <laughs> for this because it seemed like a lot of it was formed, like, mm-hmm. before they really got involved. But anyway, their their answer for why they think or what they tried to, you know, take from that, having that be the choice, was that, you know, Ellie was the one who was – asking questions about death and she was the one who was curious and wanted to know what happens after you die and so it was you know kind of like drawing parallels in some way between her living self that was and my her thought self. too but i don't think they did a good job but it's it, not I see where they're trying to do that I mean, <laughs> yeah also, ellie is the one that seems to have the closest relationship to church he sleeps in her bed every night and they're worried about telling Ellie specifically about church. They never once mentioned like, oh, we got to tell Gage because he is young enough to maybe not fully understand. But Ellie's old or enough to be care. aware. Yeah. And basically it's like church comes back to kill her almost. Like yeah. to take her with him. Right. I guess I didn't give him that much credit. Uh, I, I, th- <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was mainly just to have uh, more believable slasher yeah. things at the end. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to read this to you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. No one asked for this, but that's fine, Susan. Okay. (laughs) I'll just go. So nice to each other. No, read it. Go ahead. How did Chucky manage to murder so many people? Three question marks. (laughs) Just pick him up and yeet him in the bin. He's a doll. There you go. Yeet him in the bin. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) That's what you could do with Gage. Just yeet him in a bin. Also, I do. Yeet. One thing I want to say. Also, is that uh, apparently, so you know the part where um, Ellie is dragging Rachel's body through the woods and into the cemetery? She really did that. (laughs) Like, there were no strings or anything. Like, she, this tiny child, like, she was like, I'm going to do it. And she pulled the body all by herself. (laughs) Good for her. I know. I was like, nice. Okay, so let's talk about what was lost um, by killing Ellie instead of Gage. Two hours of my time. <laughs> I mean, I don't think killing Gage and having the rest of the movie be the same would have made this movie better. Yeah. But I do feel like as far as like what's in the book and what's in the original story, I think Ellie had a very distinct purpose mm-hmm. that's lost when she dies because she in the I and I don't remember because it's been a while since I saw the 89 movie, but in the book. She, she's the one who's having all these, like, prophetic dreams about what's going to happen. And she's the one who tells her mother, like, we have to go back. Something's bad's going to happen if we don't go back. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it's, like, Gage who convinces her to go back. And it was really unbelievable. Yeah. I'm like, 
He can well, barely speak. He said, like, he yeah. was saying yeah. mm-hmm. Victor Pascal's name, the student that died at the beginning of the movie. And she was like, yeah. he was saying his name and there's no way he could know it. And it was really scary and we need you. So I decided to come back. Yeah. Uh, it just was kind of like, how could he, he even articulate no. like what no. he saw or her? Like, well, he, he, did, he, he did draw the picture. That's <laughs> true. That was like the funniest thing ever. This this movie did have some moments of genuine humor. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, was it trying to be funny? I think it was. I want to ask you something more more mechanical uh, about the about the differences, and that was actually Ellie getting killed. Mm-hmm. You know when 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 Lewis is is chasing uh, Gage and. grabs him at the last minute and the guy swerves and then the tanker truck disconnects and 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 the the back of the truck is just kind of lumbering down the road sliding toward uh ellie and it hits her and kills her that was just bizarre yeah that, i mean i mean that whole thing so so you did that so that you could do how much money did you spend on on that special effect yeah. and, and and what did you get from it to surprise the audience because we thought Gage was going to die, but I mean, honestly, no, it was Ellie. What they got right, from no, it was no, no. me and Ben criticizing like how clean that death was in the movie theater. Yeah, she exactly. was like, untouched. oh my God. No, that's, yes. where, that's where I was we going next. This too. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was going next with it. And, and then she's lying over on the side of the road, right? I just don't know. I don't understand the physics. How come it didn't just crush her? Right. It should have crushed her. Yeah. Also, she, there should probably be like almost no body to pick. I mean, and like, I'm not trying to be gross, but like, that would destroy your body. Like, it it wouldn't be like, oh, she's fully intact and hasn't bled it on. I'm just going to scoop her right up. Right, we just have a few little staples in the back of her head to put her back yeah. together. That's okay. It. When she came back, and the only thing that was messed up was like one of her eyes got knocked a little funky. <laughs> mm-hmm. no. I almost screamed. Like I was like, "Okay, so we have this guy with his brains hanging out. So we we're have capable to make up people having this type of thing in the movie." Did they not want this girl got hit by a truck? Yeah. Well, and think think about the, <laughs> those of you who read the book. Think about the way that was described in the book, mm-hmm. and how absolutely horrific it was. Yeah. Uh, him describing, you know, parts of the clothes being thrown out from under the truck as it went a hundred yards further down the road and yeah. fifty yards oh. further. It was just awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, the, and it looked the, like and this Ellie made got you laugh. knocked over. Yeah, yeah this made yeah. you laugh. Yeah, yeah, but hey, they gave her a cross eye. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, they, um, yeah. The truck knocked her eye cross. That was it. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like they also did like they thought that. You know, making Ellie the one who died would somehow get more sympathy from us because we know her more as a character and maybe, like, a tiny child who can't speak and doesn't really have a personality is, like, less But maybe if you had done character mm-hmm. development, we would have cared. Yeah, and also, like, the point isn't to feel bad for Ellie. It's to feel bad for Lewis and his family. Yes. Like, we're not right. supposed... Like, Ellie's agency is gone as soon as she dies. Like, she's not mm-hmm. her anymore. But they bring her back like she's a character. And... It's- <laughs> See, I actually, I, I actually thought it was scarier having Gage, who was more of an empty vessel, being mm-hmm. killed and then being inhabited by right. th- this mm-hmm. evilness than it was mm-hmm. having a, a demented Ellie come back. Right. Yes, that, and you, you talked about that because it was like we we don't really know who Gage is. So when he comes back, it's like 
a, more of like a mystery of like who is this person, you know? Yeah, and I would rather it's scarier for me for like a almost nonverbal like ghost baby to be there where you don't know what he's thinking or anything. Mm-hmm. Then Ellie being like, "So I'm dead, right?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. Like. Oh no, what are it we was, doing now? It was funny, <laughs> and I don't think they meant for it to be funny. Are there any other movie book changes that we want to talk about before we move on? Edward? Oh. I thought one of the things that was lost in translation was the uh, the history of the Pet Cemetery, and yeah. like Emily referred to earlier, the story of, um, you know, particularly the soldier who was yeah. brought back to life and what he knew about the men in the room and yes. the, the whole uh, kind of preview as to the... Um, this, like, all-knowing demon who could come back and, like, tell you these things that he shouldn't know about you or... Yeah. Um, and then... That would have helped everything make sense. Yeah, and then, and then despite all of that, that there was still this this pull that this place had on you and mm-hmm. this control that it had over you so that Judd yeah. had to do it. Right. And the, and the rational it just for Ellie. Yeah, yeah. Right. the rationalization that happens, right? Because Judd rationalizes it. And then later, Lewis rationalizes it because he's like, well, you know, maybe it's just that, like, I took too long to bury this one. But this next one, like, I, it's only been like a little while. So if I bury it sooner, then maybe they'll come back and be normal. That, I guess, you is know, a pretty like, big just rationalizing difference, it. too, is that he yeah. takes his wife there. That yeah. is not no. what happens. <laughs> like, Rachel gets there because Ellie drags her there with yeah. like evil the, intentions. Yeah. He's doing it in the book and in the original movie out of like another, like, he's gone insane trying from to make at this things point. better. It's just yeah. like, right. I, yeah, and he rationalizes the well, he, she hasn't been dead as long, so it'll yeah. be fine. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's. I feel like that was a that was an odd change that I feel like does actually really lose a lot. Yeah, yeah. I felt like the change. We just have the, a zombie fam the at the end. It's weird. The changes that that led up to the ending made it like kind of like in a way. I thought I found it kind of fun. Like it was more of like a fun horror movie at that point because like you have this whole family coming up and it's just like this very like eerie threatening situation where they're coming to get the son out of the car and he's just sitting in there. And then when the whole like zombie family is standing there and then like church the cat jumps up on the thing and it's like oh they're all zombies now. It's like almost like a cute <laughs> family and it's kind of funny. And I found that yeah, to be doesn't yeah. go with the rest of them. I know. Like you know what I mean. Like, no, you're right. I would rather it have been like a camp, like just go full out, like make this a campy, like yeah. If the whole movie funny zombie, thing, yeah, or make it actually scary, yeah. You can't like take yourself completely seriously up until the end, right? If the whole and then movie like, had been <laughs> like that, I mean, I do. I would argue that there were a lot of parts in the movie that were meant to be funny, like when she when Ellie comes back and they're like laying in the bed together, and he like is like looking up at the ceiling and. You, like, everyone in the theater laughed, and I, it was, like, yeah. it felt like it was supposed to be funny, because he was, like, oh, fuck, like, what did I do? I have this yeah. demon child next to me. But there weren't enough moments like that to make it fully into, like, camp territory. I know. I wish it, yeah. I kind of wish it would have been. Me too. Like, at like, least that's a remake that did something and, like, stands on its own. Yeah. This, like, does not. No. 
do that at all, I don't think. I, I really hate this movie. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> How long did Lewis wait to rebury Gage in the book? I think it was like what is it like six like after days? He died, how long until he? Buried it was like him six days or something. I think it was like four guys. days. Yeah. Oh, four days. Okay. Because they buried him and they had like. Because I mean, like you said in the movie, yeah. it seems so quick. It was. It was. I, I think he did a reconnaissance mission the day after the burial, and then the following day came back. So yeah. yeah. But that sounds right. Four days. But also in yeah. the movie, we have no idea how much time passes because they jump over the funeral and Very the true. family going away so quickly. There's a change from the, or more of an addition in the movie that I want to talk about that I really hated. <laughs> um, and that is the way that they dealt with Rachel's backstory with her sister oh. Zelda. Oh um, so in the book, Rachel had the sister Zelda who died when they were children um, she was sick. I can't remember. What did she have? Spinal meningitis. Spinal yeah, spinal meningitis. Okay, so that's all true. But in the movie, they added this thing where Rachel was, like, afraid to go up and take care of her sister, so she put the food in the dumbwaiter, and then her sister fell down the dumbwaiter. Wait, so that's not that in the book? Dumb. No. No. It's no. fucking that's The only fucking way ridiculous. I could wrap my mind in, around in the why book, that happened was because I was like, yeah. it must have been in the book. No. No. no in no, the she, book, she no, just she died. Choked. She choked. Yeah. On like her own tongue, she I choked. think. Yeah, she choked. Yeah, yeah. Her her uh, her parents, for it was, I can't remember what Jewish holiday it was, but they were off at a friend's house uh, doing something for the holiday and left Rachel home with her sister and... Uh, then her sister died. Rachel felt guilty about not being mm -hmm. able to help her, but it wasn't anything as crazy as luring yeah. her to the dumbwaiter. Yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Oh my God. No. I just, I don't know how that happened. How did that? I think so somebody just, just said, hey, wouldn't it, don't you think no. it'd be scary to see somebody fall down a dumbwaiter? Yeah. And then they use that imagery over and over again of this girl falling down a dumbwaiter. But that here's wasn't the thing. In the book. I can't believe so, it. No. Here's the thing no, that really pisses me Stephen off. Give Stephen King more yeah, credit. Yeah. Well, I mean, so in the book, I was confused. Hold on, no, let, me, let me say my shit. Okay. All right. So in the book, to me, that really works because there is this sense when, and I've talked about this before. I feel like on the podcast, but there is this sense when someone dies that you feel responsible and you feel like there should have been more that you should have been able to do, even if that's like insane, because like her sister was sick, she was going to die. There wasn't anything that she could have done in that moment to save her. But like, it makes sense that she was like, I was there. I should have done more. Like that's normal. Um, the fact that the movie changes that into like, Oh no, you actually did something that led to your sister's death, like completely ruins that Right. whole exploration of the guilt that comes along with grief that's it's a rational guilt but it's guilt that everyone experiences yeah. what about you know um sorry in the book was rachel's sister made to be someone who was like jealous of rachel she was you know like a lot of sick people you know angry and as she got worse and worse was was frustrated and uh would take out her frustrations on the people around her yeah and you know i think he, i think i remember in the book judd talking to uh rachel about it and saying that you know that was natural that's yeah. that's normal yeah uh, mm -hmm. but did she say one day you'll end up in a bed with your spine twisted like mine no no, <laughs> no. okay just joking. but she uh rachel imagining 
imagined her saying that. Yeah. Oh, to okay. Her. Well, that makes so sense. So Rachel yeah. was, like, having all of these ideas about how she was, like, convinced that yeah. when her sister died, she hated her because mm-hmm. she let her die. Gotcha. And that she uh, was going – she was, like, she's going to come back and get me and make me like her. And then there was even this part where Rachel, as a child, because she was really young, so she was obviously even less rational than, like, an mm-hmm. adult dealing with grief. And mm-hmm. she was thinking, like, she woke up and had, like, pain in her back, and she was like, oh, my God, like, she's she's given it to me. Like, yeah. she mm-hmm. came yeah. back from the dead and okay. gave me spinal meningitis. And she just had, like... That's just that... A pulled muscle. That relationship is so much more nuanced than anything presented in the film. Yeah. yeah. Because... And, like, yeah. that... that Changing that was entirely just to create this shocking imagery and, like, completely the... disregards, like you're saying, Mary, that the nuanced relationship between a sick person and the people that have to care for that but person. It, but it made it so they could make rattling noises in oh the house. How right. would... Oh, yeah. two, two things. Okay, go for it. How would one... Fall down a dumb even way? get their body into... Yeah. <laughs> and That's why? what I That's didn't understand. I was it. like, this how did this kill her? Especially... When it's shown as, even if you say, like, well, maybe the dumbwaiter was, like, a little farther down. She was trying to reach in and get the food out. It doesn't make sense because they they made it seem like she couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And so if she can't walk. How'd she get over that dumbwaiter? How'd she get over the dumbwaiter? Well, as, as soon as you heard the footsteps coming to the dumbwaiter after she put the thing up, it was like, how in the hell is she doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was I just had like, I had a lot of issues with that quality change. control and like check for continuity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think honestly they just didn't trust the audience to understand why a person would feel guilty unless they were specifically responsible. Right. Well, we're not that I'm dumb. Just like, so hard like, right give now. Us more yeah, credit, but okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Always give your audience more credit and give and, Stephen like, King credit, Susan. He wouldn't have written. I didn't think so, right. but you know how he wrote a couple of books and he was like doing a lot of coke. Like he, right, right? I'm pretty sure he was like, doing a lot sometimes of when he wrote this. I was shit. checking the timeline. He does write some shit like that, but anyway, yeah. Okay, the second thing is when she is telling this story to Lewis for what seems like the first time. Now that is that does happen in the book where she tells him the story for the first time. Yeah. Okay, but in the book there wasn't a dumb way. He knew that her sister. Died. <laughs> She's telling him yeah. right. a wild ass story for the first time. This should have come up. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, felt, I feel like if I were Lewis, I'd be like, I don't think this happened. I felt so yeah. bad <laughs> remembering. for yes. the actress you were a child. who had to say, with very sincere sadness, <laughs> how this happened. Because she's like, yeah. <laughs> and she died in there. And I was like, <laughs> the dumbwaiter didn't always yeah. work. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> if the dumbwaiter is broken, the worst thing it's going to do is like not take the food all the way up. It's not going to like claim a life. Anyway, I just, I, I seriously, it blows my mind that it just, it wasn't in the book. I thought that could be the only reason that story existed. I said to Justin, I was like, I don't remember this from the first movie. Like, no. That could be another movie, though. The the evil dumbwaiter? Yeah, the dumbwaiter. Yeah. Zelda in the first movie is very terrifying. I will say that part Mm. is really scary. But also, like, they cast a, a man to play her. Well, yeah. And it's very, like, it's just very unsettling because they have this man saying in this, like, very creepy voice, like, whispering Rachel's name. Right. And 
Yeah, it's super red rum. Um, red rum, creepy red rum. for sure. Hey, I'm looking her up. Uh, oh God! Speaking of The Shining, Dad, you want to talk <laughs> about your Shining parallel that no, you then, noticed? Yeah, I was just uh, at the end of the movie when uh, uh, Ellie is after Rachel and Rachel's locked herself in the room and Ellie is pounding on the door. Here's Johnny. I had this flashback yeah. to The Shining and I said they're just they're just reshooting that scene in The Shining. I, I had the absolute same reaction <laughs> to that scene. I was like, yeah. thank you for calling back The Shining because you're worried people won't enjoy this movie unless you make it more like The Shining. Because, you know, there's the pounding on the door, there's her going out of the window, like that's just straight from The Shining. Mm-hmm. Does not happen in the book. Like, that's not... No. If Stephen King didn't reuse a scene from The Shining. That was totally them. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, yeah, because the scene... In the book, this scene, again, is very short. Oh, yeah. Like, Gage goes over to Judd's house first, where Rachel has driven to, because Judd called Rachel and was like, come here first, because I think your husband's doing some shit mm-hmm. over there. So, Rachel goes to Judd's, and... But, like, first, before Rachel arrives, Gage gets there. So Gage gets there, kills Judd. Rachel comes in, finds Judd dead, is like, oh, no. And then immediately Gage comes out, and she's like, Gage, and he kills her. Mm -hmm. Then he goes over. He's like, I have something for your mommy. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Then he goes over to Lewis's, where Lewis has been sleeping. And Lewis wakes up, and then Gage... Uh, tries to kill Lewis, but Lewis kills him. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and collects Rachel's body and sets the house on fire and carries Rachel to the cemetery. Yeah. No one tries mm-hmm. to bury Judd. Judd gets poor burned Jed. up again. Yeah, yeah. poor Judd. Um, so I have one last question. Yes. Be honest, y'all. <laughs> If you could bring someone back by burying them in a pet cemetery, would you do it? Knowing that they'd come back with Uh, one cross eye? You wouldn't know. Like, you could rationalize it. You know you would probably... Here's the thing. I know I would rationalize it just like Lewis did. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard, yeah, because I feel like in the moment, I would just want to think... Well, I'll do whatever I can. I don't know that it would work, but I'll just try it. Because you would do anything to get somebody you loved back. I mean, I think everybody would do it. Yeah. In the moment. I agree. Like, it's easy later to say, like, oh, that seems like a bad idea. Sometimes dead is better. But I think, like, feeling that loss, you would... You would do it. Well, I, th- I think it's important in a situation like this, especially after this movie, that we all have a dying will. <laughs> yeah. Don't Please marry me. Do yeah, not like, a, like, a, like a living will. Yeah. So we yeah. have a dying will. That, that like, do has, not resuscitate. Do, do not, not reanimate. Yeah. Do yeah. not reanimate. Right. Yeah. Would you want me to reanimate you? No. Okay. I won't. Like, if, it, Deal. if it's going to happen like this, no. If I can still be myself, sure. You know? If it's going to happen like in D&D... Sure. <laughs> but I don't know, like, do I have to smell that material? Because I don't no. know. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't that. put up with the smell. Yeah. I think Girl, yeah. you'll smell fine, but you'll have one eye just crooked. That bothered you, huh? <laughs> it bothers me because she shouldn't even have a face. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
She should have no face or head. And the cat and the cat escaped. Yeah, good for the Honestly, cat. like I was going to say I would bring I, back honest- my cat and keep it. <laughs> like yeah. that. I would. <laughs> Could you really tell the difference Everything with a cat, the cat honestly? Cat did- Everything that the cat did post reanimation honestly lines up with yeah, cat. Yeah, like that's just cat. You know, like you're brushing him and yanking on his fur. Yeah, the he's cat, gonna bite yeah. you. The cat stuff was really you. good. I will say that the cat was great. The part where he's gonna Love the cat. inject the cat, and then all of a sudden it rolls over and looks up at him and is so cute, and he's like, "I can't." <laughs> I I hated it. I was scared the whole time because, like, it's one thing to see people die in movies because I know that I know that they're actors, and I know that they understand what's going on, and I know the cat is an actor as well and is trained and gets treats and is loved. Mm-hmm. But like, I hate sitting there and wondering, like, is he going to euthanize this cat? And I'm I knew have he to wouldn't, so it. I didn't have to worry about it. But do you think that cat went on to? cause more deaths no he well more he joins deaths. the family yeah mm-hmm. the zombie family so they oh. all go but in yeah. i thought you were saying yeah. i thought you were talking about the book like the cat no spoke. he kills it he kills it in the book yeah oh yeah. that's right yeah. sorry um yeah and that's the other thing like in the book and in the movie it's like the cat keeps bringing back dead animals again i'm like that's just what cats do yeah like, that's like in normal. the book, it's like he never used to hunt things, and uh, cats don't hunt things after they get uh, spayed or neutered. And I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> that that's is not true. Yes. <laughs> I've watched Petrina slowly dismember a lizard and like throw Same it in with the Penelope. air and catch it in her mouth gleefully. <laughs> um, do we have any last thoughts about Pet Cemetery before we move along? Should we rate yeah, it? I, I was Hold super on, I disappointed. Okay. okay, what's your thought? I feel like the moment it took a turn for the worse is when they went, when Lewis and Judd went to Pet Cemetery number two, when they climb up these like wild ass stairs in the earth. That is part of it. The dead fall. So it got, yeah, but okay. It looked like they landed on another planet. Like the whole (laughs) landscape was like hellish and strange. It's like, this is still like an acre from your backyard. It looked wild to me. <laughs> like, in a way where I just like could Maine. not suspend my disbelief anymore. I was like, can we at least make it look like we're still in Maine? Like, <laughs> anyway. It looked, uh, yeah. it just like didn't, I don't know, it kind of corny and like not really that scary and also just like a barren wasteland from a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's the last thing. Maybe say. the main soundstage was booked that day and they had to use a, a one from like Doctor Who. This, or I also know that this was filmed on a real property. Like the house and the woods and everything were like a, an actual place. And the people said that there was an actual pet cemetery a little bit further up. They didn't use it, they like made a new one, obviously, but there was literally a pet cemetery in the woods that they found to shoot in. Well, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> um, cool. So do we want to rate it? I will give it a two out of five. Okay. It was not good. Knowing what I know about it now, I would not choose to go see it or recommend it to anyone. But in the theater, I did laugh a little bit. 
Um, Ben did not yell at me for talking, so he also was not enjoying, clearly. Oh, yeah. Normally Ben yells at you. Normally Ben's like, why are you talking? Yeah. Um... So I didn't, you know, I didn't want to walk out of it or anything, but I also did not like it at all. The premise is good. Right. It's it's and hard. I'm interested in the book. I mean, the premise yeah. sounds good. It just seems like this particular version of it is really bad. It's hard to rate yeah. this like that badly in the fact that it does have a good base story. So if we're, mm-hmm. and I know that like the book is so much better and like all this stuff, but I'm like, if this, if I was just seeing this as a person who had no idea that this story ever existed, like I'd be like, that's kind of a cool idea, you know? And I feel like yeah. that raises my rating slightly, even though. Even though that's not the movie's fault at yeah, all. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. a cool idea. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It didn't even have that on its own. It was given. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, that it's hard though, because that the story is part of the movie so yeah i mean i mean like when i originally got out of it i was kind of like i had just seen it with a big crowd of people and it was like fun because it was like the premiere and everyone was like laughing and having a good time and stuff and i like had a drink and all this so i gave it three after first seeing it um and ivan was like he was like i'd give it like a two and a half and i'm like i'm kind of thinking that i'm gonna go down to a two and a half now because now, like, talking more about it, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't – but it's so hard for me to separate my experience of watching the movie from my experience oh, yeah. of reading the book because they're so close together. Also, I literally finished the book. Like, you guys, too, finished it really, you know, right before the movie. So, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to give it a two and a half for now. I I mean, I'm just going to quickly say I agree, Kelly, um, and I would also give it a two and a half. Cool. It's going to be fast. In and out. Susan's going to give it a half star. I'll give it a two because one and a half feels cruel. But like <laughs> two is generous, I'll say. I like. I really didn't think it was good. I think it was like one of the lazier adaptations I've seen of any book to film. Of any book to film, not just Stephen King. Wait, did you read the book, Susan? No. <laughs> that's a, But like I can tell you that's lazy. Yeah. <laughs> This is like lazy filmmaking. Uh, Dad, what do you think? Oh, goodness. I really don't have anything to add, except that I I, I agree it was lazy. Uh, I'm going to have to give it a two also, uh, mainly because of of, of laziness. Uh, uh, you know, rather than, you know, it's, it's the same old uh, show me, don't tell me. And this, this, this movie was all about telling the important things rather than spending any time with character development or... Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, let's let's get as fast as we can to the slasher part. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, cool. Well, that was Pet Cemetery. Uh, if you want to see it, it's out. <laughs> I don't know. Probably, I wouldn't. <laughs> probably not interested in it after this. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go in theaters, but like, if you're bored and you want a horror movie to watch yeah. at home, go yeah. for it. That'd or be get my the, get the audio book, put the speed on one and a half, and get through it in yeah. about nine hours. That's about what I did. <laughs> listener feedback about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, which was what our last um, other said was about. Dad, you missed that. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. to do Captain Marvel. Um, so we can just kind of take turns reading these. The first one is from Bonnie, who I'm just saying she's from London because that's pretty much she's from London. All right. And Koala. So, and Koala. Koala helped with this too. Bonnie, I'm about to read your feedback. <laughs> Bonnie could read her own feedback. Yeah, Bonnie, you want to come read your feedback? She says okay. Yeah. <laughs> come in here. I'll let you. I'll let you have the headphones so you can say hi. Feel free to add yeah. you too if you want. Right here. Oh, I'm right here. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. It's hi. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to read you guys my feedback again. So just read it. Or you can add, you can change oh. or add or whatever you want. I mean, my feedback on Captain Marvel is that I really love Goose. He was the best. I really want to flark in. You know, I love all the music because it's of my youth. Um, <laughs> I like the bad alien man because he was funny and I enjoyed him. Um, Oh, yeah, it's, it is a real fucking shame that Lee Pace is in all these movies with his face covered up because, <laughs> hello, hello, like, <laughs> uh, like, stunning. Why are they, why are they yes. taking that away from us? It makes, it hurts my heart. Um, Same. Yeah, and also I was just wondering about Jude Law's hair because, you know, that, that hairline is not like that anymore. So I'm like, why, why is it have to wear a hair piece all the time? But then, you know, Kelly, I heard Kelly was talking about maybe a hair transplant. I was like, oh, true, girl, true. But then I looked it up, and I was reading this blog that is, like, determines whether or not people have, like, had work done uh-huh. or whatever. And then it was like, it was like, determination, natural. <gasps> so they think that he's just wearing hair pieces uh, because his hairline keeps going away again. Interesting. <laughs> it comes and goes. Comes and goes. Yeah. Like the tide. Yeah, I saw him in a theater production, and it was definitely not there. I was like, oh, it's not there anymore. It's gone. They didn't have time to do it. They did not have time. He was just keeping it real for that. And I was like, I'm fine with it. Still hot. Still hot. (laughs) Still wood. (laughs) I'm going to hand it back to Emily. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Great job, Bonnie. Great job. Koala and Koala was here to help. Koala helped. Koala helped. So there you go. That was Bonnie. Did you help? All right. Who wants to read this next one? Uh, I will. Okay. Uh, Brianna from Hattiesburg. Hey, what's up? Said that she saw lots of similarities to Wonder Woman in Captain Marvel, being Mm -hmm. tied down with the with the metal and breaking free of it. Coming to her power and glowing, proclaiming that she doesn't need to prove herself to anyone and that no one is going to tell her what to do. And, of course, the awkward learning process of humans and ways of living on Earth. The line with the security guard about control was perfect. Yeah. Cool. And uh, you guys might remember um, Brianna guested on our blog when mm-hmm. Mary... And she and Mary wrote about Wonder Woman, so she's got lots of Wonder Woman feels. So yeah, that doesn't. And Brianna also did a Justice League post for us. She's our she's our Wonder Woman expert. Yes. So there are like I think it's impossible to not draw some comparisons between Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman because they're both now sort of like the flagship women of their respective universes. And they have similarities in that, at least in this iteration of Captain Marvel, like, she is coming to Earth as sort of, yeah. like, an outsider. 
Even though she's cynically from her. Um, Susan, you want to read this next one? (laughs) Yeah. Eric, uh, who is from my hometown in Indiana, said, loved it. I heard some so-so feedback about it before I went, and it definitely stands up with any other Marvel movie. Agreed. I agree. Also loved it. I don't know where you live now, Eric. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Janet from Statesboro, Georgia says, no judgment. I hadn't seen a single Marvel movie. We don't judge you. That's fine. So I listened to the episode before seeing the movie as a primer so I'd get it. And I was able to learn enough from everyone, especially Mary, (laughs) that I felt prepared when I saw the movie. And I loved it. So y'all were my experts. So thank you. Thank you, Janet. Uh, I love this because I feel like Janet and I have just had a mutual exchange of information where throughout through my flu haze, she got to learn something about Captain Marvel. And through Janet's uh, lesson planning, I got to be introduced to Lil Nas X's Old Town Road. Hooray. Which has been my bop for the past <laughs> few days. Um, Ivan is obsessed with it, and we almost got in a fight yesterday because I said that I hated it. Wow. I For, like, the past four days, at least once a day, Todd and I have had the conversation of, but what makes a country song a country song, though? <laughs> like, we have argued about genre every day. I will just go ahead and say, this is not a country song. I mean, I need a reason why. Um. <laughs> you know, okay, I gotta think about it. May- I mean, maybe it is, okay, you know what? It is a country song, it's just bad. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Um, Carrie from Atlanta says, This is the best superhero movie ever. It's like it was made especially for me. It had badass ladies, badass Samuel L. Jackson, Goose the Ginger Cat forever, oh my god, and even a picture... Mm-hmm. Or even a shot of PJ Harvey rid of me sticker. Thanks, Marvel. XO, Karen's. Yeah, we call her Karen sometimes because Carrie sounds like it should be short for Karen. So that's where that name <laughs> comes from. I was like, is that her real name? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. Yeah. Um, Karen. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, guys, for all of the Captain Marvel feedback. If you have thoughts, feelings, Questions, comments, concerns about Pet Cemetery, uh, the book, the movie, the 1989 adaption, how this child stayed so young to be in both the 1989 movie and this movie. Like, please email us at the squad at booksquadgoals.com. We're also, you know, reachable via Facebook and Instagram at booksquadgoals. Uh, also Twitter, you know, just contact us somewhere. We want to read your feedback. We know y'all are listening. We see you listening. So please mm-hmm. write in so we can read what you have to say. Even if you just want to send us a picture of your pet. Yeah, we, we like that. Dead or we'll alive. Dead or alive. <laughs> oh my god. Dead or alive. Or... Yeah. Um, cool. What's on the blog, guys? We're always on the blog is Riverdale, but Riverdale's going on a brief hiatus. Yeah, just for a couple weeks. It's real nice. Just for a couple weeks. So you'll get a brief breather. My dad watched some Riverdale. First season. Yes. First season. Did you enjoy it? You did like me. You watched the first season and then you I liked the first season and I I couldn't get into the second season. I was the same. It goes off the rails rapidly. Yeah, Yeah. it really kind of um, just sets itself on fire. (laughs) 
Okay. And it's still burning. Uh, it's been burning for a while. We're we're still we're, we're still watching it. We're still here for it. So when Riverdale comes back, we will pick those back up. Also, still happening. Survivor. Sometimes I feel like Todd and I are doing this for ourselves more than anyone else. <laughs> I mean, personally, I don't watch Survivor, and I also don't know anyone else who does except you guys. But totally fine. I'm enjoying reading the recaps, Uh, nevertheless. You know, it's me and Todd writing for me and Todd and Todd's mom. Aww. (laughs) Um, and maybe Jen. (laughs) Jen is such such a devoted blog reader. Uh huh. Thank you, Jen. But uh, we're still doing Survivor recaps. And I am learning so much about making gifts. Yes, because really good. There gifts. aren't any for Survivor. <laughs> it's not really the gift drawing crowd or it's gift making that crowd. Riverdale is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also on the blog right now, I have written a post where I dreamcast the Wheel of Time TV show, which has been in development hell. <laughs> for a long time, but it's supposedly coming out sometime in 2020, I think. So I, since none of the cast has been announced yet, I give some proposals for who I think should be on it and why. Cool. Um, I also did a summer movie anti-preview. I talked about all yes. the movies that people have been talking about a lot, but I think are going to be terrible. Um, there's some hot takes on there. For instance, I don't know if y'all knew this, I don't care about the Avengers. Really? Might have might have come up. You've recently. you've never mentioned it. But didn't you have um, an Avengers themed birthday party? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, also, hot take: Toy Story Four doesn't need to exist. Now that That's is that's maybe hot take. the hottest take. That's the hottest well, take. That's the hottest take. Read my blog post for more of these things that will make you mad at me. Anyway, <laughs> um, I. Susan wrote about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, um, both about the documentary on HBO called The Inventor and then the book Bad Blood. Um, All of it's about her, and I wish there was another book about her. I'd read that, too, because this shit is wild. It (laughs) really is. Um, Coming up in this upcoming week, just so you guys know, I am going to go see that Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie this weekend with my dad. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. We're so excited. So I'm going to review it for you guys. Atlanta Film Festival. At the yep. Yeah, I'm here hanging out with my dad this weekend because we're going to the Atlanta Film Festival. So. Oh. Yeah, we're go. We're gonna go see some movies today, right after we get off this call. So. Yay. And I, Kelly, also have it should be up right now. A post about a podcast called Just Between Us, which is by uh, comedians and friends Gabby Dunn and Allison Raskin. Um, They have a YouTube channel that has been really successful that I really didn't pay attention to at all or know about, but I heard them uh, advertising their podcast on another podcast, podcast, podcast (laughs) that I listened to called Throwing Shade, and they were really funny and charming, and I was like, I'll give their podcast a try. So I listened to it, and it's really, really enjoyable. And it's brand new. It only has – it's kind of a continuation of their YouTube channel. It only has, like, four episodes out right now. But it's, like, a weekly kind of variety show podcast where they kind of just talk about various issues. They always have a special guest on. And um, 
their whole thing is about, you know, their best friends. And so it's kind of about female friendship and also just brutal honesty, which is really interesting. Like on the fourth episode of the show, they have a fight with each other at the beginning and they just they just go for it and they post it. <laughs> and so Oof. it's really great um, and interesting. And I appreciate cool. like their ability to be really real. So, yeah, I am writing about that. Slash have written about that. Also, just as a shameless plug for other crap that I've done, um, this is Emily. Um, if you haven't listened to everything Trying to Kill You's podcast episode about us, the movie, get on it. The movie Us by Jordan Peele. They did a podcast about Book Squad Goals. Yeah, they did a, no. It's about the movie Us. Um, you know, we wrote a blog post about us. Um, but I was not done talking about it. I have so many things to say about this movie. And so I went on over there and talked some more. So go check it out. It's available now. Woo! Hooray. Wherever yeah. podcasts are sold. Yep, wherever <laughs> podcasts are sold. Um, next on the pod, coming up next is Gingerbread by Helen Oyeyemi. This was my pick. Woo! So, I've been wondering how to pronounce that. I, I mean, that's what I'm going for. I don't know if that's right, but it seems P good. has already started reading it. P has already started reading it, as you will see. Um, but yeah, so check that out. That's going to be our next book, episode. Um, yeah. And that'll be I haven't gotten weeks. very far into it yet, so I can't say very much, except, you know, they're making gingerbread. And yeah, <laughs> see how that goes for them. <laughs> and then what's next for our other sode, Susan? Yes, you Oof. might recall that we read Sherry Lapina's Couple Next Door. And hated it. And hated it. And hated told it you so about much. how much we hated it. Well, she's Strap got another in. book or two. And we're going to read one of them for fun. And um, <laughs> we're anticipating that we'll hate it, but, it, I mean, we could love it. What if we love it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not going to love it. But... Like we could. That would be a plot twist. Um, here's a what real quick, super-duper uh, condensed plot summary. Wow, you're doing so much work than I did for plugging my episode. I was just like, I don't know, it's got gingerbread. Just Which read is it, also the title. Oh, yeah. okay. I'll try to be quick. But no, no, you no, you do your thing. You're doing a much better job than me, is what I'm saying. Karen Good and job. Tom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate uh, it already. Hate happy. them. Ugh. They've got a lovely home in upstate New York. They're practically newlyweds, practically. And they have no kids to interrupt their comfortable life together. (laughs) This is very anti-kid summary. But one day, Tom returns home to find Karen has vanished. Her car is gone. It seems like she left in a rush. There's a knock on the door. The police are there to take Tom to the hospital where his wife has been admitted. She had an accident in some kind of bad part of town. I'm paraphrasing. The accident has left her with a concussion and some scrapes, but she doesn't know what happened, and it seems like she could have maybe committed a crime? What? Oh my god. There's police involved in I mean, the detective work last time was great, so... My dad wants to know if she smells bad. Yeah. I stopped reading the summary, because... She's been reanimated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this could be a crossover Pet cemetery type book. Well, I'm going to make a prediction, know. okay? Tune in in a month. For that. My yeah, prediction, prediction, and we'll see if I was right, is she killed someone. 
My prediction is she's probably <laughs> on a very high dose of Zoloft. Probably. Yeah. That's what I was We're gonna say. We're for sure going to find out about her sakes. depression and anxiety issues that are yeah. very dangerous to those around her. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I would recommend cool. maybe just audiobooking that stuff and letting it fly by real fast. And then I'm going to check it out like from the library because I'm not spending any money mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, that's fair. Maybe I should do that. I'm going to get it for free. (laughs) All right. Cool. That's it. I guess that's just my plug. Like, take advantage of your local public library, guys. (laughs) Someone's got to say it. Kelly, do your thing that you do. Oh, yeah. Um, So if you want to follow along with us, you can visit us on social media. We are at Book Squad Goals on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> uh, that's just where we post our legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instagrams. Um, our website is booksquadgoals.com, which you can visit to read our blog. You can also email us if you have any feedback about this episode or any other episode at the squad at booksquadgoals.com. Or Weekend we will... at Bernie's. We're still taking Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, okay. Hey, look, I didn't even um, say it that time. Emily did. Yeah, I know. You two are in on this together. <laughs> Wait, say that louder, Dad, so they can hear. It might be bad. No, no. You said you love that movie. I do love that movie. <laughs> there you I, go. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Susan has been Burns. calling for us to do an episode about it. I love um, it. Episode. <laughs> it was better than this fucking movie. Yeah. Okay, well, it's true. Uh, uh, I remember laughing harder in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, please, please, please. How many times do I have to ask you? Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, or like, I don't care if you want to review us on some random podcast thing, you could do that too. But I mean, doing it on Apple Podcasts will get us more listeners. And if you enjoy this show, wouldn't you want other people to hear it too? Yeah, don't keep us to yourselves. This is my plea. Share it. Um, All right. Yeah. Cool. So Bye, that's, everyone. That's I that. mean, sorry. Go ahead. Did I you have, want to say something? No, <laughs> I have nothing else to say. All right, cool. Bye. 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 Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, thanks for Thank coming. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for letting me play. Yes. Yeah, it was Susan's idea. Okay, good. All right. Thanks, Susan. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.